Hello, you're joining us for Topside Talks. I am Jackie and I'm joined with my sister today, Suzanne. Hello. And this podcast is what it feels like through the eyes of the patient, which mm, we're going to try our best. (laughs) And the podcast covers what to do when you see them start to change, what happens if the patient plays off that everything is okay, and how to make choices from the heart. So we're, we're what, talking about what Dad felt like because we were in his shoes. No, it's more a case of everyone's going to react differently, aren't they? Like, Dad reacted differently. Someone else will go, yeah, I'm going to get through it. Someone else will go, nothing. You know, they don't speak, they clam up. Every patient will react differently to their diagnosis. So this is about learning to recognise the person that you know very well changing before your very eyes and that it is to do with them, very much to do with them. Yeah, I guess it is. And really, whilst they're alive, it is all about them in terms of their experience and, you know, how you can offer support when... Because I remember there was a point where I, you know, I got confused because obviously I trained as a holistic therapist, do a lot of support for different groups and things like that. So there, there came a point where I was like, I just want to be his daughter. I don't want to be his therapist. So at what point do you recognise that they need additional support and you seek that professionally as well? So those lines don't get fuzzy. That's why it's all about the patient. And Dad in particular, as we've already said, had a really harsh reaction. And looking back on it, it looked really painful. He was scared. Mm. He was really, really, really scared. And quite rightly so. And we just weren't equipped to handle it, really. So I think my husband put this really well at some point. What we missed with Dad was that at the point he had the diagnosis, he checked out. And at some point after that, whether it was medically induced or otherwise, he had a breakdown. And that facilitated all of his very odd behaviour from that point onwards. But we missed it. Um, And because we missed it, we missed the opportunity to deal with it differently, which is why I ended up stealing his credit cards. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I'm always looking for the upside of things. I'm always looking for the learning. And him suffering was a learning for us all which is why we're here right now really so us learning off of his experience helped us with our next experiences and those experiences and reflecting on those experiences have landed us right here right now yeah so what it's made me realize and i think in retrospect it's made you realize is that there are a lot of people out there we're not unique We've never been unique, but every experience is different for everyone. So what we want to do through our sharing and through the practical things that we have in place now to be able to help people is help people. Yeah, absolutely. And when I talk about, you know, no, I I have no current experience of the patient. I've had scares, but that's, you know, it's a different story. But I also remember having a conversation with mum and specifically saying to her, Mum, was it harder being the person watching Dad, like the the supportive person next to the person who's ill, 
or being the patient because she had both experiences and she said she found it harder to watch than be the patient which comes back to the the family do suffer the family do struggle and if yeah if the patient who's had both experiences says it's harder to watch then what it means is that the family are as in as much need of support as the patient yeah but this is about the patient and like you say recognizing all their different signs symptoms i guess the biggest red flag i guess at noticing is pretty obvious it's when they start to change fundamentally from the personality and person that you remembered and you recognized and that you speak to when they start doing odd things or you know that doesn't mean that there's something wrong in terms of them getting sicker or it could mean a multitude of things but it might mean that they want or need some extra support it might not so i guess the other key thing is chat conversation 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 communication so what do you do when they start to change as you've just said chat chat communication communication but you ask questions um and hopefully you get answers and and if you don't ask questions you just have conversations so you know if you can say like i did to dad dad you don't like spending money but you've just gone and bought three tvs um and he goes as he did you know there's something wrong so if you can't get it from the patient then you have to reach out to the other organizations and you phone the gp and say my dad is behaving weirdly and it could be something as simple as a water infection which is really common in old people but you need to go out to the professionals you need to start leaning on the wider support network when you know the person in front of you is not presenting as the person you know so i remember as well that when we were having the dilemma so again going back to the whole idea that you you've got to get it all right because you don't you have to try things and sometimes they don't work but I remember when we were struggling with him spending all this money and getting himself into debt and we were humming and hawing about taking his credit cards off of him. And I remember his face when we finally just had the balls to go up and take the cards off of him. He actually looked relieved. Mm. He was relieved that someone had come in and just done that because he was unable to do that for himself. So the, the cry for help is, is quite a strange thing and you hear people doing horrible things like taking their own lives and people missing it. But if you, you know, if you're really close to this person and you recognise that the person that you are seeing is not anything like it and they're doing weird things and you can't have those conversations, sometimes the drastic action, it's the being cruel to be kind thing, is you do it, you do it, you try it. If it doesn't work, if you've got it wrong, then that's okay. You can change it back. It's better to ask forgiveness. Yeah, and also that goes back to the whole everyone's experience is different and there are people that do not want help, that don't need any support. They might still be acting weirdly and different, but it is their right to go, no, leave me alone. Now, again, with that, you can do different things. There's no rules here. You can either push the boundary a little bit or you can come pull back and come back and try again another day you know there's different ways of doing it really there's no emphasis um for anyone to get it right as long as you're not harming the patient more um 
your decisions are your decisions and and you take them from a, a good place and you can't be afraid to take them and you know there's love involved in all of this as well so you do what you feel is best in the moment and correct and if it's wrong it's wrong absolutely and and there's nothing wrong with that but equally i think if i had any imparting advice about how to go about it and if you really believe that you're acting in their interests ask yourself that question am i doing this for them or am I doing this because I think it's better for them? Because they're two totally different things. You know, it's about the person, not what you think that person should have or need. And at the same time, ask yourself, you know, how will they feel if I decide to do this? Because the one thing I have also come across professionally and personally is none of us want our independence to be taken away and that's a very tricky place to be so ask yourself you know by me doing this is that what they want is that going to you know maybe you should look at the mental capacity act again okay like the one particular um that says that people have the right not to be treated as lacking capacity merely because they make a decision that others deem unwise would that would be somebody rushing out to buy a really expensive sports car just because they would never have done that normally and they've decided to do it now could be on their bucket list but if they've got the money to do it and the decision to do it however unwise everyone else might view it doesn't mean they lack mental capacity absolutely so obviously it's a tricky topic um because Neither I or Jackie have currently been a patient. We can't put ourselves directly in a patient's shoes other than other experiences. Um, but if you are a patient out there and you have managed to listen to this or you know someone that is a patient, you know this is also a platform for you to come on maybe and share your experiences. We'd, we'd absolutely love that. So please get in touch with any of the contact details that come with the podcast. Or, of course, go to the website and find contact us that way, jt-accounts.co.uk. And our question today is, if you could say something to, or ask death, anything, what would it be? I've got, um, when were you born? That's a bit of a mind one, isn't it? When were you born? What, death? Mm. Was he born? Well, it would, mm. well, yeah, was he born is another one.